Well, hello, my name is Ken Carter, and I serve as the Bishop of the Florida Conference of the United Methodist Church, and I'm just delighted on this On Mission Together podcast to host a conversation with a really remarkable spiritual leader, uh, Reverend Dion Hammond. Uh, hello, Dion. Hi there. Hello. Uh, glad, glad, I'm, I'm just delighted to, uh, to to learn in this conversation, as we all will, and to uh, and, and just to spend this time together. And uh, I've wanted for some time to uh, to just uh, let uh, let those who are listening. Uh, hear a bit of your story. Dion is the superintendent of the Atlantic Central District uh, of the Florida Conference. And so, Dion, just uh, if you would just, uh, in a beginning way, introduce yourself to those who are listening. Sure. So, uh, as Bishop Carter just said, my name is Dion Hammond. I am serving as a new district superintendent in the Atlantic Central District, which is along the the east coast of uh, the Florida Annual Conference, a great spot. And uh, I have been a pastor for a number of years and most recently served at First Melbourne as one of the co-pastors for eight years, but uh, have been a Christian for 40 years when I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. Right. And, uh, you know, I just think it's always wonderful to begin at the beginning uh, and to not make assumptions. So just share a bit of how you came to uh, have a relationship with Jesus. Sure. Um, So I grew up in the New York metro area out on Long Island. Uh, My parents went to church kind of nominally. So we would go in and out of several different churches, never really stuck at any one place. My family went through some tragedy in my parents' divorce when I was about five years old. And that was one of the marking points where I just, as I look back at those days, I see how God was working and God's grace was active in my life even back then. And uh, so I ended up going to church with uh, one of my best friends at a, a Presbyterian church, old first Presbyterian church, where I actually went and sang in the children's choir and was part of the bell choir. And, and again, I saw God's grace just working through those opportunities in my life. And, uh, but then my mother became ill and she actually died when I was 11 years old from premenopausal breast cancer. And of course, as a child going through that tragedy, it really set me into a whole new place of awareness of, my own loneliness and where I desire to have a relationship with God. So in, in all of that, um, I was introduced to a youth group and that's where I really understood uh, what it meant to have a relationship with Christ. All right, that's really wonderful. And, you know, often when we experience tragedy, our, our lives can go in one path or another. Uh, and what was it about, um, coming to know who Jesus was that was that was uh, of strength to you? Uh, part of my story is that I was uh, essentially an only child. So when I was walking through those different circumstances in my life, uh, I had a sense of being alone, even really lonely in that. And of course, my mother's death set that into a whole new place for me. And what happened is when I was invited to this 
youth group at a local church, I was welcomed and accepted and I felt like I belonged. And so it was in that relationship with other people that followed Christ that I understood how much God welcomes me into a relationship. So that really was made all the difference in my life and uh, understood Jesus to always be with me, that I didn't have to be alone anymore, but instead that God's presence, Emmanuel, right? God with us right. is right. truly with us. So, right. yeah. Right. And so you, you found, you were found by a youth group and a church, uh, your faith was growing. And I know you uh, went to a really remarkable uh, college that has a, that has just a wonderful Christian tradition. Uh, how did that next step happen? So it, it's so it is really by God's grace, you know that, that that God has a plan for us, and we don't know what that always is. So I ended up at uh, Houghton College, which is right. a Wesleyan school in upstate New York, and right. um, and as I got there, I didn't even realize that rich environment I was actually in. And in that place, not only was I able to just make deep and lasting friendships, I met my future husband there, but also I was, um, I was really nurtured in the Wesleyan, uh, faith and theology. And so I saw, for instance, I saw women in leadership there for the first time in the life of the church. So that spoke volumes to me as I was uh, figuring out my own call in my life. So Houghton College really played this great role in my life. I didn't end up, I thought I was going to be working in New York, uh, where I went and got a job after college, but God had a different plan. But it was really in that place of growing my faith through those four years that made all the difference. Right. And so you met Craig, uh, your future husband, mm-hmm. uh, who is yep. also a pastor in our annual conference at First Melbourne, where you served together for those eight years. He continues to serve. And you began to work in sort of corporate America. Uh, yes. And uh, how did the next steps happen? So when Craig and I first started dating, he had mentioned to me that he had transferred to the college we were at, at Houghton. And he mentioned to me that he was a religion major in his previous school. And I said to him, I said, I, my mind, my head was not in that place at that time. So I said, well, I hope you got that out of your system. And, uh, but funny enough, uh, as we, uh, grew in our own relationship and then got married, we were both working in New York city. I was in marketing, he was in sales and Craig really felt called into ministry. So we had a decision to make. I had a decision to make. Were we going to leave New York and, and, and was I going to support Craig in pursuing seminary and, uh, the, the short story of that was that we decided to go ahead and do that. And uh, it took us a little while to figure it out. And uh, then while Craig was in seminary, I started taking some classes right. and I felt like God started to speak to me and renew that call that I had once felt years earlier in my own life. So, uh, so we left New York behind. It was a great experience. Right. The five years we were working in the city, we learned a lot but uh, it was definitely the right move for us to yeah. go into a, a, a new season. Yeah. Right. 
There are some remarkable faculty at Asbury and Wilmore and also in Orlando. Uh, we are friends with uh, a number of them. Uh, are there one or two, uh, were there one or two uh, professors or, or leaders in the seminary who had a particular influence on your sort of unfolding yeah. call? Yeah, actually, uh, interesting enough, when we were at Asbury Seminary in Wilmore, I was the conference ministries director. So I had a job there and Craig was school full time. We were raising two little girls at the time. And uh, part of uh, because of my job, I was able to take some classes. So I took a class by Dr. Donald Joy, uh, Discipleship of the Family. And uh, in that class, he had invited me to actually teach a class of his, just one session of the next semester. He had me present a paper I was doing, uh, I had done for his, yeah. his class. And he, after that, he leaned over to me. I remember him placing his hand on my shoulder mm-hmm. and he said, Dion, I think you have a call into the ordained ministry. And when I heard that from him, that was the first time anyone had said that to me, that had articulated that to me. Yeah, Yeah, because at that point, I I knew I wanted to do something, but I wasn't sure what. And he said, I want you to seriously pray about it. And so I did. I I took his advice. And uh, and then as we we moved to Florida, and that's a whole story of how we uh, moved into the Florida Annual Conference, another God story. Uh, I ended up enrolling uh, and finishing up at Asbury Orlando. And then there were countless professors there from Dr. Steve Harper and Dr. Paul Chilcote and others who just poured into me. And uh, I feel like I I took my time throughout seminary because of our young family. And it was a a formation experience for me. So, yeah. yeah. Well, in listening, uh, I, I thought of Henry Nowen's uh, insight that, you know, God calls us and blesses us, but we need to hear some other human being confirm that. Uh, and I thought uh, yes. Dr. Joy did that. It was sort of like we, this is happening in our life, but it's just, we just, we just really need to hear that confirmed. And, and I would say to anyone listening to this, you know, uh, if, if you see the gifts of God in someone, if you see God moving in the life of someone, I, it would just be wonderful if you took the risk of saying that because that was strategic for you. You you can recall it even now. Uh, it, it was. And there was also another woman along the way. Uh, Craig was serving as the associate pastor at First uh, United Methodist Church of Coral Gables, and I right. was on, in, on staff there. And a person that I count as my spiritual mom, she was another one that spoke uh, into me. She was a lay person active in the life of the church. And she really encouraged me to pursue ordained ministry long before I really thought that that was going to be a reality. So it was a a couple of voices. And actually Craig is another one who, Right, um, had spoken to me and affirmed the call in my life. So I'm grateful, grateful. Well, as I've come to know you, Dion, and you you bring so much to uh, the cabinet now in this role, you've chaired the Order of Elders in the Florida Conference. You have been a delegate to General Conference. You now are a superintendent of uh, a very large uh, district. 
Um, and people see you in these leadership roles. Uh, you've shared a bit of your story about your conversion, your call, but what's, what's something, uh, this is just a great opportunity, what's something that uh, you, you know to be uh, true about yourself as a follower of Jesus, as, as a spiritual leader, uh, that you think, people don't always know this about me. I'd, I'd love to let people know more about this. Hmm, that's a that's a great question. Um, I would say I I am sort of a closet uh, monk in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm pretty extroverted personality, yeah, but right, right. about about 19 or 20 years ago, um, in in our annual conference, I was invited to get involved in the beginnings of Shade and Fresh Water. Right, and. Right. Uh, and that kind of coincided when I was really uh, full time in seminary, and so I uh, I was always extroverted, but I realized that I needed and wanted to grow my inner my inner life, my inner spiritual right. life, right. and so uh, I started gravitating to like Henry Nowen and Thomas Merton and some of the you know great great fathers and mothers of the faith and. And uh, so um, that became a growing part of, of who, who I was, who God was forming me to be as a, as a leader in the church. So there's, I, so I take that very seriously in, in my life, and it gives me a lot of energy. And, um, and so I'll do s- silent retreats just myself. Uh, I, I have a spiritual director and um, those practices in my in my life have really sustained me, especially right. now. I'm finding them even more important in this role, this new right. season of right. ministry um, and listening to really being diligent and committed to quieting myself enough so I can hear God's voice. Um, wow. So. So that's a piece of me that I think is still growing in a big way, and I'm still learning and uh, and you know inviting people to speak into my life um, because I, I just I'm keenly aware that I need to be in tune so that I can help others be in tune with the direction and the leading of the Holy Spirit. So right, right, that's wonderful. Uh, I wanted to move toward maybe a. a kind of a concluding uh, set of questions. And the first one would be uh, sort of what is your prayer for the church as you, you know, you might have in the forefront of your mind the churches that you see in your district where you preach, where you observe, where you walk alongside them. What's your prayer for the church, the larger church? And then how can people in this role of oversight and spiritual leadership uh, that you have, how can people pray for you? Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I got a really clear vision as I was preparing to move into this new role in as uh, leading the, the Atlantic Central District. And, and to, the, to encapsulate it, it's to help uh, to come alongside pastors and churches to help them take their next best step forward in mission. Right. Right. So the way I see that translating out is that each church, each pastor is unique and God has a a specific mission 
ministry for each one. And I want to be that person that can come alongside and help identify what that is. And what is that just, just that next step towards uh, making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And each church and each pastor is going to have a different next step than another. So I hope to just uh, be able to call out and affirm the good and to think through and dream big with, with each and every one. So I've actually enjoyed so much getting around the, the district from, you know, Ormond Beach down to Boynton Beach and seeing the different contexts for ministry and the different personalities of the church, as well as the pastors who lead them and the leaders, the lay leaders in the church. And uh, so I see that coming to some fruition as far as how can I help be that advocate for that next best step forward. Right, so right. that would be my my vision for the church, right. at, at least right. my district that I see right now. And of right. course, for the greater United Methodist Church in, in wherever we end up to continue making disciples and introducing Absolutely. people to Jesus, you know, because that's that's made all the difference in my life. So, right. amen. Amen. Yeah. And then how can those who are listening, they've come to know you a little better in this conversation, but how, you know, very simply, how can people pray for you? How can we pray for you? Sure. Um, I would say probably my biggest prayer request would be that I would just kind of what I was saying, be able to pause and put enough space in my own calendar, my daily goings and comings and so that I can hear God's voice. And that may be just hearing God's voice for uh, conversations that I'm having, sometimes difficult, sometimes full of joy, but also in my family, with my colleagues, with the cabinet, on the greater church uh, level, to hear God's voice. And then for me to be able to find my voice in that and and share what I hear God saying to me and 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 have other people inform that. Uh, I, I'm a team. I, I like to work in teams. And so I process out loud and Bishop, you know, that I've talked about yeah. a number of things with you yeah. and that helps me. So to kick things around and, and, and hear God's voice through other people as well. So that would be my, my, my biggest prayer request at this point. Well, thank you. Thank you for for letting us in on that. Uh, I think in that spirit, I want to just say thank you, Dion, for uh, for who you are, for your leadership, for your um, for your spiritual uh, life from from the beginning to uh, where you are as a leader today. And just offer a prayer for you uh, and, and as those who listen can join us. Uh, God, I thank you for Dion Hammond, uh, for how, how you... Uh, have been with her from from her early days in in Long Island to now in the Atlantic District and everything that's happened in between. And I pray that you would continue to uh, to be near to her, continue to nourish uh, and sustain uh, and develop her as a spiritual leader, be with Craig and her family and all the churches she touches. Uh, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.